Well, hello, welcome back or welcome to uh, On the Peak Amount Stupid. If you're a regular, then welcome, Peakers. And uh, <laughs> welcome to our lockdown series. And what we're doing in our lockdown series is we're revisiting topics that um, we looked at in series one, but applying it to the current lockdown that we're in. And the normal process of On the Peak Amount Stupid is that Sam, who's on the other side of your screen. Hello. With the one with the lovely hair that looks a little bit fake. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> normally he would bring a uh, he would bring a topic to me, a, f- a philosophy or a critical thinking topic that I don't know anything about. Explain it to me, and we then talk about it and apply it to normal life. But today we're going to be revisiting a topic from series one and trying to apply it to lockdown. So Sam, what are we looking at again? today we are looking at the prefrontal cortex which is a part of your brain and we're going to look at what it controls and a a few things around that is that all right mate remind me okay what is the what is the prefrontal vortex (laughs) cortex (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking now the brain is super super complex and this episode has got loads of information in on our original one so if you want to hear more about how the brain works properly probably go listen to a pro and if you want us to um <laughs> if you if you want to hear two dudes butcher it go and listen to our other podcast nice. so that you can hear about that a bit more but essentially um the pre- <laughs> butcher it you're so complimentary Mate, if I knew loads and loads about the brain, I wouldn't be sat here right now. I'd be rich, probably. I'd be sat on a better chair. That's what it'd be. I'd still be talking to you, though, because I like you. (laughs) Cheers, bro. You wouldn't leave me behind. No, I wouldn't. No, no, no. No. So um, what I was going to say is the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain we're going to be looking at. Now, it's really interesting because this part of the brain is in charge of controlling things like your um, decision making and like future mm-hmm. planning and like it, it, it often comes from logical thought and like process rather than emotional um, like emotional response, which is a different part of your brain, which is in charge of that basically. And so what happens is as you, um, if you've got a fully developed prefrontal cortex, you are more rational in your thinking and you're able to think things through probably, um, uh, like seeing the, the outcomes a bit more clearly. And, and it's just sort of, you know, a more well-rounded thought process in a way. And that's not to take away from the emotional side, cause that's very important. And our emotion, <laughs> obviously um we you know well we, caveated yeah, well caveated. Caveat. we we, yeah. we feel we feel things um that we can't always you know logically work out and that's a good thing too but um for, yeah. for certain things like future planning we want to be you know logical in our thinking now weirdly um your prefrontal cortex isn't actually fully developed until when andrew 25 well on the bell diagram roughly i mean don't set me up like that i mean literally (laughs) that is just brutal isn't it previously i told you it was 25 in the last episode but actually it's not 25 because i've been doing more research which i haven't told you about so there's no way you're ever going to answer that question correctly but i'm still going to ask it to you so that you can look like a bit of a lemon on on this video thank you carry on sam i'm insecure and i need to make myself seem cleverer than you that's what i do it for right well let me know when 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 you manage to make yourself look cleverer than me, then. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is 25 or roughly 25, but like obviously some people develop quicker, some people develop a bit a bit slower, I'd say. But the, the how's, re- how's it going still developing? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've hurt your feelings and now you're lashing out. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I've lost it, mate. I can't think rationally. Well, I'd say you're right lashing now. out of emotion and so you're the one that needs to develop yeah. a bit more. Yeah, fair, very fair. You made me do it, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, the... um. The thing is, what's interesting is as teenagers or late, late, late teens and early 20s, there's that feeling. And we probably all know people like this or we were there ourselves because I definitely was where we think we know everything. And um, and what happens is, is you uh, a lot of your decisions are based off of emotion. And because you feel those things so strongly, it's mm. so real to you that you are, quote unquote, right and other people who disagree with you or whatever can't possibly be, you know, right in their thinking because they're not feeling the same things as you. Does that sort of make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does very much so. So essentially what happens to your 20s is you change quite a lot and you, we've probably, I noticed it, I've gone through huge changes in my 20s mm. and um, I think it's completely different things to when I was 20 or whatever. And um and yeah, I don't know. Like, why don't you ask a few questions on that, Andrew, and see if there's anything else we need to unpack there, or if that's sort of enough information. Yeah, no, I think I think you've done very well there, Sam. Th- thank you for your for your wisdom. Uh, and I guess something that I think I haven't thought of this before, but I think there's actually quite a good link here between last week's episode, which which you should probably watch everybody, uh, which was about <laughs> dialectic disagreement, because mm-hmm. I think it, it often you can, your prefrontal cortex is, is applied during those sort of tricky conversations, during those sort of more deep, deep thinking kind of conversations. And I was just, I was just thinking back to my early twenties and, and the conversations that I was in about politics or about ethics or about morality and and even in that sort of university or or not even it doesn't have to be university that kind of environment where it's like deep thinking conversation and analytical explorative and dialogue where it's just very very opinionated Mm -hmm. uh, very very black and white very right and wrong very heated and I think that that for the first time I can see how an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex where it can't deal with mystery yeah. It has to be definitive, um, affects that. And I think in disagreement and arguments, I think that, that this also plays into that, where if we haven't, if if our prefrontal cortex is still developing or if maybe it, it, it developed in a certain way or didn't develop in a certain way, then disagreement becomes far more black and white than it does shades and tones and uh, colours. I mean, I completely agree now. And with that, like, it's not a bad thing that, you know, it's not developed. It's just what it is. Like it's it's mm. all part of the the growing up, and there's there's important things that happen during that time, which sort of still help you work out who you are a little bit. And then, as you go through your twenties, you're still working out who you are. We're always mm. working out who we are, I suppose. But like, it's not like it's a worse part of your life. It's just a part of the life of of life, and that's just that's okay. Yeah, and I guess um question coming here, Sam. But I guess <laughs> if, you know, for, for, for all of us, our uh, there there are. There are areas of our prefrontal cortex that maybe uh we recognize are underdeveloped times when we don't think rationally or where where um our brain doesn't seem to follow the the way of thinking that we want it to so Mm -hmm. do you think that we can continue developing our prefrontal cortex post 25 or, or whatever that point is I mean, this is where I'm literally sat on this peak right now because there is lots. No, you're the you're the expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've gone down and I'm back up the other side and I'm the guru. Yeah, literally. <laughs> as far as like physical development, 
I I I don't know if it's a part that's growing still or not, and 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 yeah. sort of more neurons are developing. Like I I don't know potentially right or wrong. And can you continue to develop it? post 25 i personally think you can mm. um you, you were talking about this before actually where at, um it, it's just going to take more work to develop it yeah. it's hard you have to be more aware of it and i actually think if you're aware that your brain is still developing or it can still develop you're more you're giving it a better chance to sort of develop um and work on things whereas if you just sort of live like through life like not really giving it a second thought you're less likely to see development there because you're I don't know, just sort of getting on with things. It doesn't really yeah. answer the question very well, does it? But what do you think? Well, it was nice because it sounded like an answer without being an answer. And I think that's I think that's what the cleverest people do. So well done. I'm actually um, going into politics. So Yeah, very good. I spoke without telling you anything. Very good. No, you told us not to say it. Uh, yeah, I th- I think I think I think you're right. I think there's again, I don't know the 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 science behind it, but Obviously, the the brain. A lot of what what the brain does is these electrical signals, these thought patterns, these pathways. And and I remember talking to a to a GP recently who was I, I wasn't I wasn't in a, an appointment. It's okay um, if you yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised what that sounded like. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it would be fine if I was, but it was just a casual conversation with a someone I know who's a GP, and they were saying that that um the the like thought patterns are like pathways and 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 the more you think something the 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 more well worn that path is if you imagine walking through a forest and mm-hmm. and you walk through through a, a a a wild forest once and then the next time you go there that path you went on before is slightly easier to go down cuz you've beaten down the grass you've beaten back the brambles a little bit and the more you go down it the easier it is to walk so the more likely it is you're going to walk it and yeah. that, that being like how our brain works is that, is that we develop these thought patterns that become easier and easier to fall back into. And so the, the, the longer that we've thought something, the more work it takes to change it because it, we have to be even more intentional about forming a new path. Um, and I think with this, what I'm hearing you say, Sam, is that there's a that there's a period of natural formation that happens in our brain in the early years up to um, circa 25, depending on the bell curve graph that that. that <laughs> That may deviate slightly, but after that, you can still change your thought patterns in the way you think, but it just takes much more effort to beat out a new path. Yeah. And, and that, and that you can see it in people who potentially go down routes of real negative thinking or real positive thinking or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It's good and bad in lots of ways. And we'll all have elements of our brain where we we're very positive in the way we think and there'll be other parts of our brain which actually are probably you know would be good for us to carve out a new path but does take a bit of effort like you say right and and it's interesting as well that that um sort of big surprises in life can actually kickstart a new pathway being formed because it because it changes what we think is true and so we then think differently but i guess what we're talking about is um, in, in lockdown especially is how do we actually maybe try and grab some of those areas of our thought patterns where we want them to change and 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 how do we recognize them and how do we go about trying to change them sort of developing our prefrontal cortex no matter how old we are so sam how would you sort of go about recognizing um patterns that you want to change what would be some of the the warning signs or, or early warning signs for that uh, this is a great question. One that I've been thinking about quite a lot, actually, without you, we, oh, we didn't tee this up. Now, it's so interesting um, thinking about everything. 
as <laughs> no, I'm trying to think as as in like sort of anything can be uh and when I say addiction, I don't mean I'm on going on to addiction now. I just sort of mean that like we the the pathways that we form may come in the uh sort of they may look like being addicted to alcohol bear with me on this by the way or it may be it may look like addiction to food or it may look like so what i'm trying to say that we'll all have negative areas of our life that we don't even realize that we that Mm. we have right and we build pathways to protect us so things like addiction to food is not is not a um is not the sort of problem there's another there's another problem happening or another negative way of thinking and the and the, and then what your body's doing is like when i have this thing i feel safe we did we talk about this in another podcast no we i, I you you spoke to me a little bit about it uh, last week before the podcast so what you what you're saying is that maybe the, the behavior isn't really the source of the addiction or the or the negativity it's an underlying thought pattern that is leading to that behavior that maybe we need to look at exactly and so i don't know i i kind of didn't explain that very well or bridge it but the that's po- right the, the, that's why you're here um <laughs> the, the point is I, I it's really hard because it's so specific to each individual but there i think is there a way of seeing the things that are negative in should i just say my in my own life yeah the, my own life like i i i know that I feel often that I'm okay with life. I'm like, I'm, I quite enjoy mm-hmm. life. I get on with life. But what I'm sort of realizing more and more recently is I've got my own coping mechanisms. And for me, one of my coping mechanisms is eating till I'm full. And I only really realized mm-hmm. it very recently. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm not like particularly overweight, but I'm not also in like perfect shape or whatever. And, um, and I also understand that I overeat quite a lot, but I've always just thought of it as like, oh, I've been taught to finish what's on your plate or whatever. And yeah, like, and, yeah. you, and you sort of, you, you speak around it and say, this is what the reason is. Whereas what, what yeah. I'm actually learning is that I've got, when I'm stressed or if I'm, if I'm feeling sort of, um, overwhelmed with life, not really understanding, you know, the next steps or whatever, the feeling of being full is comfort for me. And huh. so I will do that. Uh, more often than is necessary to sort of mask, you know, the uh, the feeling of like I don't know what I'm doing, and it's, I don't know if we've gone off topic here actually. Because well, I, I, no, but I think that's a perfect example because what you're basically saying is that is it that you you've beaten out this path, which was when, when you feel overwhelmed or or slightly um, unsure of where things were going, that you had this pattern which led to a behaviour of of overeating or eating until you were full but you didn't recognize that that there was this sort of thought pattern behind it and so you've now started to try to to not focus on the behavior first and foremost but actually go into the which would be the prefrontal cortex like because because that is a form of rational thinking Mm. that it's that part of your brain thinking about the future unsure about where things are going it's it is a rational side so you're trying to develop your ability to think differently so that your your behavior is adapted because of that i mean i'm I'm learning about myself as i even talked to you here andrew this is good stuff you know um, <laughs> but it's good. true and and it's and i think um and especially in like lockdown and this will be the same for all of us and not all of us lots of us probably we are we do need coping we probably all are using coping mechanisms yeah and th- the trouble is there's ones like food for example it might be exercise it might be whatever it might be mm. alcohol it might be it doesn't matter what it is but each of them some of them like are socially more acceptable, I'd say. So eating isn't socially unacceptable. We all need to eat. Um, we do. 
And so it's probably it's probably harder to see the ones where it's it's a normal thing to be doing, but you're just doing it too much as a coping mechanism, I suppose. I don't know. I, I, so I don't yeah. know what other ones could be, but that's sort of what... Yeah, I, don't I, I think I think you actually put put your finger on a couple of other really good ones. I think exercise is one that that, that can be like this. Um, I, I remember watching a, a a very brief documentary clip on BBC about about people who are addicted to the gym and that mm. being one one type of things. And I think what we're saying is 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 when a good thing is is taken out of is put out of place, it, it can become a negative thing. And and the key thing to do here is to explore some of the thought patterns that that lead to that behavior or that that mis that 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 thing being put in a in a in too big a place food exercise whatever it is, um you know for me personally I think I I can I can stop thinking straight when I get a bit um, demotivated and a bit low and I think my my thoughts in that I think I need to not focus on trying to not feel low actually i need to go hang on what are the thoughts that take me to that place yeah because it's those thoughts that i can actually change and then the getting low feeling low will almost sort itself out because that's not really the issue it's the thought patterns on the way there it's the path through the wood that gets me to that place if i took a different path i wouldn't get to that place and so it's it's acknowledging that that there's something here which is maybe unhealthy maybe that we don't want to keep thinking like this but recognizing that the the output the, the the presenting behavior isn't the thing that needs to change it's the pathway to that thing that needs to change and that's where it ties in with the prefrontal cortex which is that we need to recognize that we have to intentionally change the way we're thinking change our our brain signals synapses i don't know what what the technical <laughs> term would be um peaker. So, so, peaker so that we can get to a new destination a new behavior now this is this is obviously we always do this, um, but this is starting <laughs> this is starting the conversation again. Um, yeah. Now for yourselves, if you're listening, it it really is dependent on you. We can't sit here yes. and give every example, and 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 it's actually sometimes hard to see what's going on. I suppose sometimes, isn't it? Like. Yeah. Um. So it, it may be worth I don't know talking to someone else about this stuff so you can try and see your own blind spots. Um, yeah, definitely. Do you know what I remember actually. Uh, at New Year, I sat down with your brother Sam and I asked him. I said, "What are my blind spots?" It was great, and he and he pulled out this list out of his wallet that he'd <laughs> written. <laughs> no, but it is a really it's a really nice conversation, and it, especially if if you got you know whoever you got key relationships with in your life, you know family, parents, siblings, spouses, or, or partners what are best friends but but those are the people who will actually and it'd be a painful thing to do and so mm -hmm. you don't want to you don't want to go digging for dirt in each other but but just at the times when you recognize these things happening just bring someone else into the conversation who gets you really well and they can try and help you to see what the underlying thought patterns are, are that lead you there I think, unfortunately, mate, that's all we've got time for. The bell is sounding. That was gold, though. That was good. I, I mean, in, in for those listening, we did kind of go on a bit of a roundabout journey with Pretty Friends of Cortex. We didn't plan to do that. We had some other things we probably would have <laughs> talked about. But um, I quite enjoyed that. And the other episode does go into some other... Um, amazing sort of um, phenomena like the uh, flipping lid and stuff like that, yeah. which you, you may have heard may may not have done, but it's to do with how you control your emotion a little bit or or understanding like, younger people's emotions and stuff. So I'd recommend checking that out um, for a bit more information. But apart from that, mate, you got anything left to say? I just wanted to thank you, mate, for being being vulnerable. There, that was great. 
Well, appreciate that. Thank you for listening. And you were vulnerable too, so I appreciate that. Yeah, but you did it first. Well, first the worst, second the best. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all from us this week. Uh, it's been great talking at you. Please do uh, share it around if, if you found it helpful um, or share it around if, if you thought it was awful. Really don't mind. Uh, but uh, tune in next week. We'll be recapping another topic from Series 1 and applying it to lockdown. Catch you soon. See ya. See ya.